0: So Keating, what's the deal with you and Disney and DisneyBizJournal.com? Well, I'm going to answer that right now. Hey friends, welcome to the Press Club C Podcast. I'm Ray Keating. In this 39th episode, we're going to talk about what fascinates me about the Disney entertainment business to the point that I actually started a website called DisneyBizJournal.com. And because people love top 10 lists, well, here's my top 10. But first, let's quickly answer that key question once more. What the hell is the Press Club C? Each letter stands for Stuff We Talk About During Various Episodes. P is for Politics. R is for Religion, mainly Christianity. E is for Economics. S is for Sports. That second S is for stories, books and writing, my own books, other books, fiction and nonfiction, etc. C is for culture, pop culture and otherwise. L is for life, that big catch-all. U, understanding, lessons in history, education, business, etc. B is for business and entrepreneurship. And that final C in press club, C is conservative. Why? Because I am one. So... Let's talk about my reasons for enjoying and being fascinated by the Disney Entertainment Empire. Now, this is largely based on a column I wrote, I guess, a couple of months ago over at DisneyBizJournal.com. So, first, that leads us to hey, what the heck is that all about? Let's briefly review what uh, Disney Biz journal is all about. And I began this site back uh, in July. 2018, and the purpose was, and it still is, to bring news, analysis, and reviews of the Disney entertainment business uh, to fans, investors, entrepreneurs, executives, even teachers and professors, students, and so on. And we try to provide a wide coverage of uh, of articles and topics and so on, given limited resources. Um, and those, you know, these things include that the coverage includes what I would call new and old school Disney, Um, Star Wars, Marvel, uh, Indiana Jones, uh, theme parks, movies, uh, the cruise line, streaming services, business developments and lessons, history, and more. So, you know, it's fun. I enjoy it. And hopefully uh, we bring some value uh, to others, but, but why, you know, wh- why do I, I guess the question is, why do I enjoy this? Um, and it's always fun to ponder, you know, what exactly it is that each of us enjoys, uh, for example, that Disney or whatever other interests, uh, you know, we might have, I could certainly do uh, top 10 lists on why I love the Cincinnati Reds. Um, why, excuse me, I'm drinking something and I'm running out. Um, you know, why I, Uh, why I'm a long-suffering Minnesota Vikings fan, Um, so on. So anyway, um, so here are my top 10 reasons, basically, for enjoying Disney and for starting uh, the DisneyBizJournal.com website. And hopefully this will get you thinking about similar things and maybe uh, engage, um, you know, talk back, send us some some thoughts yourself on this. So number one is the fact that – is Walt Disney himself – and specifically because Walt was an entrepreneur. Now, for a decade, um, I taught MBA students a course in innovation and entrepreneurship. And for more than 25 years now, I've been chief economist at a group uh, representing entrepreneurs. Um, so along the way, you know, I've, been ev- I've evangelized about the importance of entrepreneurship Uh, for a robust and growing economy. Uh, I've written and spoken a great deal about entrepreneurship across the country and even internationally. Um, And I happen to be an entrepreneur myself. So given all that, Walt Disney ranks as one of the great entrepreneurs of the 20th century. Um, He created and transformed industries. I mean, just, you know, for example, animation, movies, movies, theme parks um, and he constantly innovated. Um, You know, Walt Disney was one of the all time great entrepreneurs uh, and therefore he and his company have long captured uh, my interest. You know, Walt, you could say as an entrepreneur uh, is a great uh, inspiration. So that's number one. Number two on the top 10 list is, is the combination of business and storytelling that you get with Disney. Now I'm a writer. Um, you know, I not only write economics and business and so on, but I write novels. Um, please check out the pastor Stephen Grant thrillers and mysteries over at amazon.com or at raykeatingonline.com. I'm done with that plug. Um, but interestingly, I think most writers dislike the business side of writing. Um, indeed that could probably be said about the majority of, of creators across industries. um, you know, it's the rare ones, I think, that um, really love both aspects of it. Or, or maybe I should say all aspects of a, of a business, of a, of an entertainment business. So anyway, uh, so as a novelist and nonfiction author, author I actually – I enjoy the business side of writing. Um, again, thanks to being an economist, working with business owners, teaching those MBA students. Uh, I love both – the creative aspects of storytelling and the business side of essentially getting people interested in what I, what I create. And that was Walt Disney as well. Of course he did a heck of a lot better than I ever could or could dream of. Um, And why he serves again as an inspiration for me. He was Walt Disney was a storyteller. Um, He was an entrepreneur uh, and he was a businessman. And that last role I think tends to get uh, underplayed when talking about Walt, uh, especially given that he was, was partners with his brother, Roy O Disney. Um, And Roy led the way in terms of financing the Disney enterprises, but you know, make no mistake. uh, Walt wanted to create and to tell stories, but he also understood the business aspects of spreading the word about his storytelling and the importance of getting people to consume What was produced from watching a Disney movie or cartoon, uh, to attending Disneyland. These are not things that Walt neglected in any way. I mean, a quick example, just think about what he did with television. He was one of the first, led the way as one of the very first movie studios to fully embrace, uh, television. And he used it, he saw it as a means to get people interested in all the other stuff they were doing. So it turned out to be a, a moneymaker in and of itself, obviously, but he saw it as a means to get people interested in the Disney movies, and eventually of course, in Disneyland. Um, so the business and storytelling merger that you see or the coming together at at the Walt Disney Company, I think is pretty unique in uh in the business world, so that's that's a big one for me. Uh, number three is just Walt Disney World itself. Um, you know, years ago, my wife and I, we went on our honeymoon to Walt Disney World. Uh, it's been a special place for me ever since. It certainly is a, a place to relax and have fun on vacation and to enjoy time with family. Um, it's also a place for of special memories. Um, and it's a dynamic experience. So not only looking back, but very much looking forward. It's a dynamic experience that I look forward to. Um each time we're you know we're getting ready to go there. Um so it's it Walt Disney World is is uh it's also been a place that when you're on the ground, it's you're on the ground in the in the business of of Walt Disney, the Walt Disney Company, right? So it it gets me thinking about how businesses serve customers uh and how, how it operates on so many different levels. Um so Walt Disney World is a big plus. Uh, for me on that front as well. Um, You know, it's not, it's very easy for me to take a step back for all the things that I enjoy there, just pause and then start just looking around uh, at what's going on from a, well, from a lot of different perspectives, from a business perspective, from an economist perspective. But then there's also, there's that storytelling perspective that, you know, Walt Disney World, these theme parks are jam-packed uh, with stories, um, so the, so the, it's a very special place. So that's another. Uh, that's why it's on my top ten list. Number number four on my top ten list are uh, Mar- is Marvel uh, the comic books. Now, you know my question. Whenever it comes to this, whenever I bring this up, I ask people, "Do you recall how you first got truly excited about reading?" Uh, I'm always fascinated by the responses. I remember for me, it was reading Captain America comic books from Marvel. Um, you know, it was cap Captain America who provided the spark for me to read, uh, and therefore eventually to write, um, you know, Marvel of course entered the Disney universe, uh, in 2009. So that's a big one on my, on my uh, top 10 list. And that follows number five follows directly from that Marvel, uh, meaning the movies. Um, and now, the streaming uh, shows. So it follows that, you know, Captain America remained one of my favorite characters in all of fiction. Uh, you know, covering the comic books. Yes. That corny 1960s cartoon. Uh, and of course, Captain America in the Marvel cinematic universe. Um, and, you know, I, I would, I would not hesitate to say that Captain America, the first Avenger and Captain America: The Winter Soldier rank among my most beloved movies uh, of all time because of that personal connection, and also because of the great quality of those of those films. So, again, so there's that personal link there, right? What me got got me started in reading and creating, but also um, I take a step back and look at the business aspect of it as well. Um, and there's a lot to look at there from a movie perspective, from a, an online streaming perspective, um, you know, a comic book perspective. Um, you know, I think I'm actually going to do a, an episode of this on, on the state of the comic book industry. And it's, it's weird. I mean, i am not going to get into it too much here, but it's weird how you've got, you've had over these last, whatever, you know, say 15 years or more, um, this tremendous leap forward in, uh, in comic, what's called comic book entertainment on the silver screen. And arguably over the same time period, a dramatic decline in the quality of storytelling on comic books and the artwork. But I'll save, I'll just leave that out there and save it for another episode. Uh, Number six on my top 10 list is Indiana Jones. Um, What's the greatest movie trilogy ever? Well, hey, I argue that it's the first three Indiana Jones movies. Raiders of the Lost Ark, 1981. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, 1984. And Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, 1989. Yes, I know there are four Indiana Jones movies. And no, I don't think that Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, 2008, is as bad as most people say. Um. There are some good moments in that movie. Uh, And in fact, I've always argued, or at least, you know, starting two days after I first saw the movie, that some strong editing clearly would have raised the quality of the film. Um, So, but having said that, however, the the first three indie movies, for me, come about as close to perfect as a set of adventure movies can get. Um, I will argue that no one will ever forget those movies, uh, nor Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones. And yes, Indiana Jones came, of course, into the Disney family in 2012, but it really predated that, right? I mean, I loved, my goodness, love going to the Indiana Jones stunt spectacular at uh, Disney World. And I love the Indiana Jones Outpost stores, right? Um, And getting Indiana Jones paraphernalia. I remember many years ago on one of our visits buying my Indiana Jones hat fedora and getting on the plane with that hat on because I didn't want to get it damaged in any, any way, shape or form and flying back from Florida to New York wearing that Indiana Jones fedora. So the story again, and this, so it's, it's, it's from a fan perspective. And then of course you have the tie in. Uh, in terms of me thinking about it from a business and economics perspective and a DisneyBizJournal.com perspective. Uh, So number seven is, let's follow right along. It's Star Wars. Um, I'm going to get a little nerdy here. Star Wars, of course, was purchased again by Disney in 2012, part of that whole Lucas deal uh, that involved Indiana Jones, of course, as well. I've long loved Star Wars. And my wife and I introduced Star Wars to our two sons when they were very young. (laughs) Um, And of course, there's what I have uh, been involved with on and off in my nerddom <clears throat> is the decades-long debate going on about what makes uh, Star Wars so popular, not to mention, you know, heated discussions about the quality of various Star Wars productions. Um, you know, but understanding, uh, you know, a franchise covering movies and now streaming shows. And yes, The Mandalorian absolutely rocks. Love it. Check out our reviews over at DisneyBizJournal.com. Um, but but anyway, something that big is going to have its ups and downs. Um, given that, though, <clears throat> Star Wars has been amazingly resilient in providing enjoyable entertainment. And yes, again, going away from the movies for a second, Star Wars Galaxies, uh, Galaxy's Edge in Walt Disney World. Yes, awesome. I freaking love it but why is star Wars so resilient? Um, you know, I wrote a review going back a while, uh, that in passing referenced my long running again, nerd internal debate. Sometimes it goes external with other nerds, uh, over star Wars versus star Trek. Now I offer, you know, I, 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 I'm going to read a couple of paragraphs from that piece. Um, It it presents a brief explanation of why Star Wars continues to entertain, I think. So this is what I wrote. When I was growing up and the Star Wars versus Star Trek battle raged, I ranked as a Trek fan. However, while still appreciating Star Trek, particularly the Kirk-Spock-McCoy relationship in the original series and related movies, I gradually have become much more of a Star Wars than a Star Trek fan. Why? Why? I came to an answer only recently. In the end, Star Wars has more heart than Star Trek. So what's Star Wars heart? Well, in in the lingo of the Force, it's a feeling emerging from a combination of joy, adventure, courage, determination, optimism, humor, a willingness to sacrifice, and hope along with characters whom movie go- goers come to love that's where i wrap that up and that, i think that that hits home for me at least it does um, for star wars and that, and if you hit those for me if you hit those the, that combination the movie doesn't have to be perfect i mean what is perfect in life but if you hit those those marks for star wars you're doing pretty darn well now let me say that what um, John Favreau and Dave Filoni have done and the director, wonderful directors they work with, with the Mandalorian hits all of those marks and a heck of a lot more. <clears throat> That's just brilliant stuff from a, and Favreau fascinates me because he's one of those folks that when you listen to him and you see his work, he's he's clearly a creator. He loves directing. He loves writing. He also loves, you can tell he loves Star Trek Same thing goes for Filoni, right? I mean, Star Trek. I said Star Trek. Loves Star Wars. I don't know if Jon Favreau even likes Star Trek. Loves Star Wars. And Dave Filoni, obviously, is like the Star Wars guru. You know, like the adopted son of George Lucas. Um, But Favreau also... Loves the technology side of things. He loves the business side of things. You know, I, I saw him have a, a very different interview at CNBC a couple, maybe a year ago, I don't know, maybe two. And you could tell that this guy loves this stuff across the board. And I appreciate that greatly. He loves the creative side. He loves the business side. He loves the technology side. Uh, <clears throat> he cares about the fans. Um, so good stuff there uh all reasons to be in my top 10. Uh number 8, business and Hollywood history. They come together. Uh my, you know, my interest in history, economics and business, they coalesce quite nicely uh in the Walt Disney company. When you look at a business that started in the 1920s by this creative entrepreneur, the 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 company rises to prominence, it it faces a long way it faces failures and challenges. Um and it's not just still standing, but it remains at the top of Hollywood in the 2020s. That's endlessly fascinating uh, to me on so many levels. Uh, number nine is Disney Plus. Uh, you know, again, it, it's it's from a fan perspective, um, and a business perspective. Well, it, all all these things mixed in. You know, the changing land when you look at the changing landscape of movie of the movie and television business, um. I'm intrigued as a movie lover, um, one who enjoys for, uh, you know perspective of somebody who enjoys quality television. Um, as a consumer of sports, as a storyteller, as an economist, um, the this changing landscape is infinitely fascinating. And right in the middle of this dramatic transformation is Disney, um, not only with Disney Plus, but also with Hulu and ESPN Plus. And I think um, this, this also, this streaming angle also warrants a separate show uh, to talk a little bit more about. Um, so I will do that at some point. Um, number 10 on this top 10 list is a combination of work and fun. You know, I, I, I have learned from my experience and my faith to embrace one's work and career as more than a mere job, but really as a calling or a vocation uh, whereby one serves others. Um, and that's really a lot of people don't realize that's the heart of free enterprise of capitalism, of serving others, no matter what your motive, your personal motivations might be, you ultimately have to serve others first in order to succeed. So, um, <clears throat> you know, assorted individuals have, have served as examples along the way, but among the most prominent again has been Walt Disney. Um, um, and, and he point he makes clear, um, uh, Walt has also made clear, he, well, he made clear that uh, one's work need not be a drudgery. <clears throat> but instead, it should be a source of value, a source of fulfillment, and quite and quite frankly, a, you know, a source of fun. So there you go. I'm not going to go on any longer. That's my top 10 rundown on why I find enjoyment and value and fascination in the entire Disney universe. Um, again, I'd love to hear your top 10 list. Um, If you're a Disney fan, a Disney aficionado, I'd love to hear uh, your top 10 list as to why. Or if you've got some other top 10 lists related, let's hear from you. Um, And listen, thanks for living For what? Thanks for listening. Um, Again, your feedback and suggestions are always welcome. Uh, Please, please check out my various endeavors and books. uh, Keating files over keatingfiles.com. There are columns. Um, also, my other podcast is Free Enterprise in Three Minutes. A uh, couple of uh, nonfiction books, Behind Enemy Lines, which has a, a big pop culture section, collection of essays, and, and there's certainly some Disney-related pieces in there. So please check out Behind Enemy Lines. Um, you can get signed copies over at RayKeatingOnline.com or uh, Kindle Paperback uh, edition, Kindle Edition or Paperbacks over at amazon.com. Also, Free Trade Rocks is another recent nonfiction book. Again, Ray Keating Online for uh, .com for signed books and amazon.com for the Kindle edition or paperbacks. The biggie, uh, please check out my Pastor Stephen Grant novels. Uh, 13 are out so far, the most recent being Vatican Shadows. Coming in late February is Past Lives, a Pastor Stephen Grant short story. Sign books again over at rakeeatingonline.com and uh, Kindle editions and paperbacks over at amazon.com. <clears throat> so please check those out. I hope you like uh, thrillers and mysteries. And if you do, well, then uh, these should these should be for you. Um, and of course, given what we're talking about here, please uh, go over and check out disneybizjournal.com. Folks, again, thanks uh, so much for listening. Uh, God bless